Pals to another episode of the Comics Pals Book Club. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined by my pals in podcasting, Mr. Kale Ward. Is it harder for you to stop and think about which show you're doing than uh, when you do this show than the rest? Because I've, I've noticed, especially between Riverdale and Video Game Pals, this one there was a slight hesitation. You went, the Comics Pals Book Club. Well, it's because uh, my intro was, I came in cool on it, uh, which is a lot like the Riverdale review intro, and I had, I had to think about it. But, you know, I'm like, Sean's here, he's not watching Riverdale, he's not wasting his time with that shit, so, uh, yeah. So I'm also here with Mr. Sean Bartley. Hello, hello. And Mr. Marco Cunalata. Hey, everybody. So for this month's uh, episode, we have chosen one of my books. We are going to be talking about Snot Girl, which is uh, by Mr. Brian Lee O'Malley, and... O'Malley. I always do that. I always put an R in there to make it more Irish. Um, but no, yeah, Mr. Brian Lee O'Malley and Leslie Hung. What, Kale? It's weird because he's Asian too, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's... <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, uh, Marco and I are both huge fans of the book. Uh, we sung its praises quite a bit when it came out uh, two years ago. We are now two volumes into oh, the wow. book. Right? Yeah, it's been, it's a, been while. a while. Yeah. Um, it's been. yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's been two years since they launched that book, and we are two volumes in now. Issue uh, 10 just came out not too long ago, and um, we thought it would be a great time to hop in and uh, talk a little bit about the book. Uh, so we'll start the, the show off the way we normally do by talking about our spoiler-free reactions to the book. Uh, mm. Kill, what did you think about Snot Girl? Uh, so on its face, I think this is the type of book I would enjoy. Um, it, it does remind me a lot of sort of the low stakes, uh, like, like television that I kind of like to watch, like Terrace House, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. with, with just a hint of murder, <laughs> you know, just like a, a, yeah. a little, just a little dabble, do ya? Um, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I, I can't imagine I'm, my opinions on it are much different from yours um i just want to know what the hell is going on <laughs> i'm sure we'll have lots to talk about where that's concerned um i also highly relate to um snot girl uh lottie per- char- the main character lottie person uh because i have not stopped sneezing since i moved to new zealand <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully you're not taking any experimental drugs I'm taking right. four. Oh, all right. Well, that's concerning. <laughs> that I know of. <laughs> so, uh, Sean, what about you? What were your thoughts on the book? Um, uh, <clears throat> coming into it, I didn't really know much about what it was. I actually thought it was over already. Um, so that it's not over is kind of weird. Uh, it's it's um, it's interesting. It's an interesting book. Uh, I don't really have much to say that's not spoilery. Other than that, I actually really like the art. Uh, I'd never seen anything Leslie Hung ever did, and I thought it was Mm -hmm. really good. I love her style. Um, Not only the style of art that she does, but the style that the characters have. Uh, It really felt like a book that was very considerate of that, which makes sense because most of these characters are fashion bloggers or you know, fashion aware. So uh, I really like that. 
Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think Leslie's art is is really fantastic, and I think um, one of the things I really like about her style is I think she does a really good job of like using fashion to kind of like um, give you peeks into a character's personality. You know, which like it would make sense that that's like you said, like that would be how these people would express themselves. Um, and I think that's really cool. She really gets to like stretch her legs creatively. I think with the outfits, which is a really really fun thing to get to see. An especially, too. especially in the case of like um the cute girl with uh she has the that episode of like a uh, pink eye and she covers it up yeah. with like the pink eye patch oh yeah 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 and it somehow still works <laughs> yeah uh so marco i know you're a fan of the book but why don't you just give your spoiler free thoughts on it uh i love it it's uh it does have itself a, a bit of a murder mystery but at its core it is also very much uh like Japanese inspired it's very manga-ish and it attracts me a lot um like the art story the like it it's the perfect book for me to to be brought into because uh I love these kind of weird worlds and these weird perspectives and um and yeah it's just like when am I going to pick up a book about a fashion blogger you know and that's how you go in into it and then it's like well okay like I'm in it for the long haul yeah, I think this is a book like I know that it ha- it hasn't like lit up the sales chart and I uh, the charts mm-hmm. rather and I think it's you know I think that its elevator pitch is kind of tough. It's like a yeah. book that is hard to understand unless you just give it a shot, you know. Um, I mean, even a couple months ago, we were right, when it, when it went on. This was early in the show, I think, when it went on hiatus for a bit. We were we weren't even sure if it was coming back because of that because of the sales. Yeah, yeah, I remember we weren't sure if they were even going to get a volume two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah thankfully they did um and i think the book has fared a bit better since then so obviously they left us on volume two with aiming towards a volume three so i Mm -hmm. I would imagine that we're going to get one um but yeah uh i won't belabor my thoughts on it since it was my pick obviously i'm a a fan of the book but um yeah brian lee o'malley is one of my favorite uh writers in the industry and uh i i really have enjoyed this book i think um uh much like what Kale said, I think one of the things I just like about it a lot is um, on paper, it's a very peak kind of book just because I love, you know, um, I love when a medium that I really like takes me outside of my comfort zone, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've read so many comics about superheroes and science fiction and swords and sorcery and all this stuff, but like uh, a slice of life slash thriller slash murder mystery about a fashion blogger is like not something that, you know, like, we're necessarily usually the target audience for, you know? So to have a book that is, like, okay, like, I love this I love this writer, I really like this art, I'm willing to just, like, go into it with an open mind and give it a shot, and it's it's consistently been a book that's really surprised me, and it's always one of my favorites to pick up. Um, and So I'm really excited to talk to you about it, uh, talk about it with you guys. Um, and I, I would just like to call attention one more time uh, before we, we walk into the spoiler stuff, uh, I really, really do think the art is something special in this book, and I think not just uh, Leslie Hung's work. I think um, wrote down the colorist names here. Mickey Quinn did colors on the first arc, and then um, it was uh, Rachel Cohen for the second arc. And uh, I think color is a really, really huge part of this book. Obviously, fashion is a part is a you know the the setting for it, the LA fashion world. So you have to imagine that style is going to play into things, but. Uh, I, I really like its use of color in more subtle ways. I think, like, using um, 
there, there's a really good use of like color to show emotion you know in people like i think there are a lot of times where like lottie will um will blush you know and like it's this very very subtle color change but like you have to be paying attention to it to really get a read on where the characters are at emotionally and i think like little touches like that really go a long way to set apart your colors from just something that's on the page something that's really enhancing what's on the page uh and i I did want to call attention to that i would also uh bring bring up the letters um yes uh, i was gonna say that too uh, is it murray odomo yes um yeah, the the lettering in this book, and I, I think I think it's the same person. Throughout yeah, she's the book, she's done it all for all ten issues. It's yeah, it's very unique because you'll you'll see it kind of especially like in on the first page of of the first volume. It's it changes from panel one to panel two, and then even on the second page, um, it it does such a good job of both reflecting the character's mood. Which is really interesting to see through letters, I think. Yeah, because like one of the things that is done in the book that I think is really subtle, but uh, is something that does give you a lot of information if you're paying attention to it, is how she'll change the color of captions. You know, yeah. like every character yeah. has their own color, but like you'll see Lottie. Sometimes it's white and sometimes it's green. You know, and like and it's yeah. different shades of green depending on how she's feeling and whether you're really seeing like how she really feels her more vulnerable side versus like the version of her of her that she projects you know to the world right and um there's lots of subtle things like that in in the art that i i think really appreciate um and that really really enhance the writing that's going on which is uh i mean that's that's what we're here for right so when you really do see it all come together in that way it's it's rewarding uh, but yeah, so so let's get into let's get into the spoiler full thoughts. So Sean, I'm I'm interested to unpack your your feelings on this one, yeah. uh, since you said you felt like you didn't really have a lot that uh, that you could say without spoiling. So um, we'll start there. But before we do that, I am just gonna let our listeners know uh, how they can support the show. If you guys enjoy what we're doing here on the book club, remember uh, to give us a like on your platform of choice. If you're an audio listener, if you really want to help the show out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, where we're currently a five star rated show, and uh, give us a rating. It really does help the show get recognized and get new eyes and ears on what we're doing here at the pals network so um as sean likes to say on the show proper it helps us a lot more than it costs you uh and if you're a video viewer over on youtube you can do us a favor by liking the video subscribe to our channel if you have not already clicking the bell if you are a subscriber so you actually get notifications when our videos go live Thank you, Marco. And by hitting us down in the comments down below, uh, letting us know what you're thinking about the show, what you think about the books we're talking about, what books you'd like to see us do for future episodes. And uh, you can also get to us anywhere uh, your social media is sold, at the Comics Pals, or by hitting us up at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And uh, write in, and if you know, you're not a bully or a bigot, we'll read your thoughts on the air. So with that, uh, let's jump into the... What? What's that, Sean? I mean, we've read bully and bigot thoughts before. That's fair. <laughs> He's trying not to advertise it. Yeah, it has a nice ring to it, though. You know, like I like the I like the alliteration. Um, <laughs> so, Sean, uh, why, why don't you why don't you start us off here? Okay, uh, so I actually really liked it at first uh, because it sets up what appears to be a very clear mystery of okay, she's taking these pills from this weird ass horny doctor. And the <laughs> pills are probably messing with her, and she probably killed this girl, this weird girl, by mistake, and now she's going to have to, you know, cover it up somehow, or 
whatever. And I'm like, oh, cool, all right. And then also, I love the theme, how the themes of anxiety are ever present, and antisocialness. Even though we live in a hypersocial world, um, I think a fashion blogger is like the perfect kind of person to showcase what the world is like from that perspective, from the from the perspective of social media and. Uh, celebrity and all that jazz like the average person being a celebrity or aspiring to celebrity all that stuff I thought was represented really really well in this book from issue 1 to 10 the problem that I have is that first of all Lottie gets away with everything and it doesn't make any sense (laughs) to be really honest it's stupid how that happens Um, and it it actually for me it took away from the from my care for the book when I saw that there were no consequences for what, for what was happening. Um, for example, when she thinks she kills, it's my turn. When she thinks she kills, I was going to ask you when she Uh, thinks she kills, uh, Caroline, I think her name is, uh, Mm -hmm. she's horrified and she's in bed and she's hiding and her, her uh, assistant Esther has to like comfort her and all this stuff. And then that blows over. And then I thought, oh, okay, cool. That character was a ghost or a, a figment of her imagination. So then that's where my mind went. And I thought, she's not real. So this is like a, like almost like a black swan type of thing or something, something really compelling like that. And I was way invested. But then she actually is real. And then I was yeah. deflated. Then... There's that other character, uh, I can't remember her name, the the girl who's like like obsessed with her or whatever. Where's her Charlene? underwear? Oh, yeah, Charlene. Charlene. Uh, I, think, I think that's, yeah, that's the one that she pushes off the roof, or gets thrown yeah. off the roof. And she yeah. pushes her in the water. Yeah. Nothing happens when she gets pushed off the roof. It's ruled, uh, you know, a, a, an accident. Like, come on, man. And, like, it just, and then the, the detective... Who I think, all right, he's gonna be the one on the case. He's gonna somehow, you know, bring Lottie <laughs> down or whatever. He's just obsessed with her. Like, it's just there's nothing serious here, and that really bothered me because it was set up in a way that made me believe that real stuff was gonna happen. And then when stuff does happen, it's oh whatever. It's what it's it's fine. Uh, and I think that there's something compelling underneath all the BS that maybe I would know if the book was done. But because it's not, I can only judge what's here, and it just feels vapid. At the, at, by issue ten, I was like, "Okay, this is just, this is you know nonsense." I, I, <coughs> I hope you're ready for it. Uh, I, I felt pretty similar the first time around. Um, this is my second time reading the first volume, and. Uh, so the first thing I'll say is I think this book really benefits to uh, coming out issue by issue. I think the um, yes. and I, I I think I told you you guys this yeah. in the in the group chat. Uh, the it's 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 kind of weird reading like the cliffhangers in one spot. Yeah. Um, and I didn't feel it as much in this one. Uh, but it it is it is it is the sort of book that feels like it is better read issue by issue. Um, the second thing I'll say is that 
is that I I do kind of agree with you, Sean, uh, uh, with your overall sentiment of like it doesn't really feel like there are stakes because she it seems like she's getting away with just fucking everything. Uh, but I also I also am wondering what role the pills play in that because you know especially especially in the second volume when we start meeting virgil and 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 sunny starts putting stuff together about right. that he this guy is just everywhere yeah. and and he cleans up after caroline to an obsessive degree i'm 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 wondering what lottie isn't seeing because she's our central character and she's our viewpoint hmm. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And and um I I was actually going to ask you about that, Sean. I'm interested to hear your your thoughts on that. Um because that I think that what you're saying is uh is a salient point, but I think because there is like the breadcrumbs of a larger mystery, I don't personally have that problem because I think like you're right that like she the nothing's caught up with her yet, right? But there's even a point in uh I think the third or fourth issue. It it's it's, or maybe it's even the second one. It's after the incident, the original incident with Caroline, right? And she's like, do, I, do my actions even have consequences? You know? And, like, I think that is a nod to the fact that, like, there aren't any for her right now because there is somebody cleaning things up. And I think, like, in the same way that we had that revelation that because she was on drugs, she didn't remember Virgil and the whole night clearly, I imagine we're going to have a few more moments like that where there's part of the puzzle that we just haven't seen yet. You know, that there is something more uh, to be revealed. Sure. Do we do we know how many issues this is going to be? We don't. Um, like Marco and I were talking about at the top, it seems like they're at least on for another volume. Yeah. So yeah. don't know Maybe. if it ends there. Yeah. You know, who knows? I, I, I think about this book similarly uh, because they're, they're kind of similar. There's a book called uh, Kill or Be Killed by Ed Brubaker mm-hmm. uh, and yeah. the reason why I bring it up is because the character the main character in that book is he's a, he's a serial killer but he's doing it he's only killing people who deserve to die right and at first it seems like he's getting away with everything but right alongside that a couple of issues in they introduce the fact that there's a detective who's aware of what he's doing and gives a damn and is trying to come after him and it's presented in a way that feels very real. It feels, it feels like this is how this would go down if it happened in real life. There's nothing about this story that feels realistic. And not every story has to have realism. In Kill or Be Killed, there's a demon that talks to the main character. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not necessarily based in reality. Um, although there are questions about even that. But with this, it, it just feels like, uh, yeah, okay, there's a guy who's cleaning up after her, but uh, real police aren't this stupid. So I, I don't really get how it's possible that there could be all this going on and they're just not on top of it. Is it because this, the main detective is obsessed with her? Why is he obsessed with her? You know, like, is, he, is there something going on that's weird with him? Like, there's just so much that's laid out, but nothing is explained and mm. as a reader what am i supposed to grasp onto that because i can't follow the story i was reading comments to try to see if other people had a better idea of what was going on than i did and most people seem no. just confused and to me that's not fun i don't want to read 
a story where you're confused until the very end, and then it's like, oh, I guess it all makes sense. Ten issues is a long time, and I, I, I just can't imagine a reason to invest at this point, you know, like 30 plus dollars when you have no clue what's happening. I don't know, dude. Like, there's just something about it that I find really compelling. Like, I it, it reminds me a lot of Paper Girls in that way, where there was a yeah. long time where, like, Marco and I were like, this book is stringing us along, and I have no idea what's no happening, idea. but I'm enjoying the ride, right. you know? Um, and that's how I feel about, about Snot Girl as well. And I think, like, the balance of um, the, like, mundane, realistic parts of, of the book matched with this stuff that's kind of, like, surrealist is, like, a very, like... O'Malley kind of style you know like even Scott Pilgrim like they're like and I know you haven't read it either so like this is the first thing you've ever read by him right so like that is kind of a theme in his work like in Scott Pilgrim there are definitely a lot of like kind of moments that happen where that are like surrealist like daydream kind of moments in mixed in with this otherwise normal kind of just setting you know and it's like why is it playing out this way it's just because it is you know like it just has these kind of weird unreal elements in a realistic world and if that doesn't work for you like that's you know that's not like an excuse it's just that is something that i i guess is like a a kind of like because even like fucking from the sea right it's like it's about a road trip and the whole thing is like this girl having weird like existential daydreams and like pretty much yeah it's strange well you you, like go ahead Sorry. I, so for me, this book is very much at its core also like a westernized uh, manga. Like basically everything about this book is just a reflection of like Japanese influences. Like uh, the main characters, right? You have Lottie. She's like the that, that one uh, hot girl trope. You have uh, Misty. She's like the Lolita. Like it's a, again, right. another trope. You have um norm girl she's just literally it's a trope she's the normal girl um and yeah the situations the themes like there's an always an underlying current of like sexualization there's like um to what sean was saying earlier like there is even though there is this like mystery that gets played out most like the the tropes are there it's like to set up a normal story and then subvert and it make it wacky and that's like that that's sort of like the the style of it and so that was one thing that uh for this book is very much like divisive um because it, it it's hard to to it's a totally different style of storytelling and it, and it, it is super like wacky and um and just like ultimately surrealist and it's not gonna it's hard to draw people in with that kind of like of a of a of a pitch because it's gonna be off the bat just like kind of weird and like uh i don't know it's just it's one of those books you know especially because it mixes in like i th- and i think the the anime or manga um comparison is apt too because like it is very much like slice of life stuff sometimes yeah 100 you know? and that's my like, jam like i love right, it of course right um but like in the the most recent um arc right like there's like the whole like and granted, and it, it ends up turning into like a, an additional murder mystery kind of situation. But there's like a, a like a s- multiple issues that are about their group of friends who get brunched together, you know. And it's like, and that's a big part of that second arc. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, like for example, like the uh, the twin issue, right? It was uh, it was just like 
random. It, it, it kind of came out of nowhere. It was thrown into the story, but it's one of those tropes. Again, like that is a trope. It's like, oh, here's my uh, esoteric twin and here's a normal version, like the one person who isn't awkward. You're hanging out with that one black sheep, that, that one oddball, you know? Like it, all of it is just that. I see. I liked all that. All the, all the, like I love stories about regular people. I used to read. I was one of the like two people who read New York Five back in the day. I love Sex <laughs> in the City. I liked Gossip Girl. Like I, that that type of stuff works for me fine. I don't need superheroes all the time. But the problem is that the part that seems to be the the part that's the the part of the book that I have the most trouble with is the part of the book that feels the most out of place, which is all this, like, murder and weird stuff that's going on that's just like, okay, but who cares? Get arrested yeah. or don't, you know? Like, I, I don't know, like, what's ha- what's happening, you know? Like, what is the point of reading something you don't understand? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. And the, I want to solve the mystery, but there's Sean! No, but, but how? You can't. There's nothing there. Right. And, and it's worse because that is the plot. It's the central plot. Exactly. Yeah. And that's hard. Right. Yeah. There are plenty of books uh, like that, like um, Black Monday Murders. Like anything by Jonathan Hickman is very confusing and, and it takes you. But yeah, at the same time, like I, I <laughs> it's funny. It's funny that you say that. And then in the same breath, you said that, you know, how can how can you follow something for 10 issues and not know what's going on? Hickman is the worst about that. The, well, the difference there is that the hook is present. Uh, with every single Jonathan Hickman book, you may not know exactly what's going on, but you know, okay, here's you know this this guy, or here's this society of people who basically money is the devil to them, or money is their god, or whatever, and they they pray to to the devil to get more money, to have infinite cash forever. There's a lot of crazy stuff in Black Monday Murders, but there's also tangible stuff that relates directly to what the main plot is that keeps you going. That's a murder mystery or that's a mystery. He puts he puts, he puts the hook up front. Right. This is like, hey, uh this person almost died. Uh no, they didn't die. Somebody's cleaning it up. Uh let's not talk about that for a few issues. Uh oh, another murder mystery. Oh, the main character's fine. No worries. Like well, okay, so but what's happening then? Like what is the thread for me? See that's the thing, man. Is like, and again, if it if it's not working for you, it's not working for you. But like that, the misdirections and the fact that there is a mystery there that I'm getting little bits and pieces of, and like, like I I remember I had a moment earlier today because I I reread the entire series uh, in preparation for this book club, and um, there there was like a moment where I was rereading. I think it's like the eighth or ninth issue where Charlene starts doing the corkboard with all the and I, I don't like this is me like this is how i feel as the reader of like what is happening like what is the connective tissue between all these things because i know it's there and we're just we just haven't gotten all the pieces yet and for whatever reason it's super compelling for me you know and it's like i, I i'm so interested in like knowing like like what is virgil's fucking deal you know and like and and honestly like what the fuck is uh carolyn's deal because like i don't think that she's just normal either because like there's still a lot of weird shit about her and like 
the fact that like she called him her cousin, but like he's her brother, but he's also like her weird manservant who's always like fucking spying on people and hiding. It's like what is fucking happening? I have no idea, but I want to know, and I really do. And I think the like you said because like the the slice of life stuff works. I'm engaged enough in the characters that I like their interactions even when I'm not getting the the main story. I wanted one or the yeah. other. I wanted one or the other, and I wanted it over in eight issues. <laughs> I'm I'm super serious. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I I do wonder if if this this book club would have been better served if we had saved it for the end of the series, specifically for that reason. Um, Episode two, to, baby. To yeah, to see how it plays out. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah. Then we get into the problem, though, if it's too long and we can't read the whole thing. I had to get you on volume one and two, and then when three and four come out, we'll come back. We done lost Sean, so great job. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it for me. I'll read some bullshit that I don't feel like reading for him. It'll be all right. There's nothing I read that's that's bullshit, so no worries. <laughs> uh, it no- might be for me. <laughs> well, listen, Marco, you don't even read comics. Yeah, but nobody wants you here anyway, so. Th- this would, yeah, this would, this would function a lot, like... I love uh, Lottie. I think she's a very, very interesting character. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I really, really enjoy her. I love her little clique. Um, I love the bullshit problems that they have, you know, um, and how superficial they are. And I think that, um, have, again, having not read anything Brian Lee O'Malley has ever written before, I think he really understands how to um, express these kinds of things, like about anxiety. I think there's some some really great stuff in there about about all of that, um, uh, about, like Marco said, the hypersexualization uh, that, that these people are doing to themselves um, for Instagram likes, you know, um, how they're always on their phones or taking pictures and Caroline was judging them. Uh, there, there's so many interesting things there. And I could read about that for a long time if it didn't have the other part. But... I, I guess I guess my question there would be, but what is that book? Like, if it's not, you know, is it just, is it just, I mean, would it just be Archie then? I don't know. You know, um, days. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, it'd be Gossip Girl, but a comic Right, book. like, Sex in the City and Gossip Girl don't necessarily have murder mysteries, but they're compelling nonetheless, sure. because you're dealing with... Isn't- isn't Gossip Girl all about a murder? Well, I watched the first two seasons, am, so I don't even remember. That was a long am, time ago. What am I thinking of? Uh, but there's a murder at some point. I'm sure yeah, there is. Pretty but, Little Liars. That's okay, yeah, thinking, Pretty Little Liars. Uh, but okay, so then forget Gossip Girl. I guess Sex in the City has nothing to do with violence at all. It's just about a few women who live in the city and just their relationships. And I watched every single episode front to back while it was airing, and I loved it to pieces because. Slice of life, you know, like people's real lives are interesting. And especially when you can masterfully express complex thoughts about emotion and feeling the way that O'Malley does. That's that's what I want. If this was a television show, I'd watch it. I, I would watch it. But I just, I, I don't want to say that the, the other part is tacked on because it's probably not. I'm sure that when this is all said and done, it'll make sense. But as of right now, it doesn't. And I think, it, for me, it dilutes the rest of it. And, and yeah, I mean, that's fair, man. Like, if, if the 
there's like the A plot and the B plot and half of it's working for you. I can understand why you feel like the rest is dragging it down, especially if like you're not enjoying the uh, the mystery, right? Like if the mystery has lost you, then like, yeah, like I, I totally understand that, you know? And it's like, I can see why that would be uh, frustrating. If, if, it, if it didn't divert for a few issues here and there also, that would be, that would be great. I don't know. I definitely, I definitely didn't like. I did not enjoy myself reading the book. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like that. I enjoyed. No, I don't. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I like I said. I I enjoyed all the drama. I love. I love that yeah. kind of drama. It's great. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I don't. I don't get the impression that you didn't enjoy the book. I think you just you have you have qualms with it. That's okay. You know. Um. That's like. You know, not everything is going to work 100% for everybody. I'm glad that you found things to enjoy in it, though. And I, I, yeah. I think specifically the things that you liked about it make me uh, really, really bullish in recommending O'Malley's other work to you because those things are the things that are common throughout all of his works. Yeah, is, 100%. Uh, he's really good at writing Slice of Life, and he's really good at finding – a way to like explore uh, personal emotion through mundane events and making them seem significant, you know. Like Scott Pilgrim is all about the romantic romanticization of people and relationships, you know. Um, and uh, like the major theme of uh, what's what's his other book, Marco? That I'm thinking seconds. of seconds? seconds, right? Like that's another like in t- like it's all about the personification <laughs> of emotion and like you yeah. know. Um, in a in a sometimes surrealist kind of way, uh, and I definitely I think I think you'd probably get something out of his other stuff. As definitely, well. definitely. Uh, so let's um let's use this as an opportunity to kind of like talk I guess a little bit about some of the uh, some of the characters and some of the themes that are that are present in the book, um, and and I guess like let's start with our, our main character with Lottie. Um, Sean, like you said, you you're you're a fan of Lottie. So, what was your what was your take on her as as a leading woman? Uh, like I said, I really liked her. Uh, she, for me, she embodies exactly what it's like to be a twenty something year old uh, person, but pro- I would imagine especially a woman. Uh, and I read that because um, I was reading some of the back matter. And um, Brian was saying, and I, and I read some interviews too, and Brian was saying that um, a lot of the creation of this book has been highly collaborative with Leslie and that she's yeah. influenced the story a lot. So I imagine that a lot of the elements of her character that feel um, you know, like very much what a, what a woman in her position, in, in Lottie's position, would probably feel like, I bet a lot of that did come from Leslie. Uh, that's just a presumption. Sure. But... Um, I think Brian's also like very good at writing female characters, and I know something he expressed a lot. Uh, if you hear him talk about Scott Pilgrim, is like the like people ask like why are all like Scott's closest friends women? And he's like, let's because all my closest friends are women, you know. So I think he's like definitely one of the best male writers I've ever seen. Like actually tackle female characters that feel three dimensional. Yeah, yeah, and and Sean. Uh, to uh, to what you were saying about how Leslie sort of injects herself into the book, she uh, she actually has a podcast called Salt and Honey, hey. and mm. in it she she talks about like these anxieties, she talks about like these kind of fears. So I, I definitely a hundred percent like that's a hundred percent what she's writing, like basically a reflection of herself to an extent. 
Very cool. Um, I I liked how concerned she always was with how she looked. How there was always this like the face she put on um, in front of others, and then you would get the you know her thoughts that were like hyper negative about everybody, about herself, but then also yeah. hyper positive about herself in a way that felt phony. Um, I also thought it was very like clever that every time she felt extremely anxious or something was happening that's when she had an allergy attack right like yeah it didn't it didn't seem random it seemed you know like it was happening at certain times very specifically um and i i love the idea of that right like think about that you're supposed to be this person who's beautiful 24 7 but at any moment like a regular human you could have an allergy attack and your nose could just become an open flood you know like a flood and then everyone would think you were disgusting you know and that just yeah i know yeah i know that me too brother uh and that just that just um exemplifies the tension that has to exist when you're so focused on the superficial yeah and i think it's it serves as a really good um metaphor for like her as a character Right, like that, there are two Lotties. There's the Lottie that the world sees, that her friends see, and then there's the one that nobody sees, right? And that she makes great strides to hide yeah. from everyone, you know, except for the the rare person like Esther or, uh, you know, I guess uh, Caroline in in a few moments. Yep. You know, well, and even Meg, even Meg later on. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and I, and I think that speaks volumes about, like, her as a character and her inability to be vulnerable, her inability to, like, be who she is, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and I think to your to a point you've made a couple times, Sean, I think uh, it, it's really cool because I think in the social media-obsessed age that we live in, you know, like, uh, Detective uh, Cho makes a point at one point where he's like, well, she has two million followers, like, she's a real celebrity. But it's like, but she's not. Like, she is just a real person and it's like that idea of um you know there's all these studies about how social media often makes people depressed because it gives them the impression that everybody else's life is perfect because you're only ever seeing the you know that one vertical slice and uh i think especially with the idea of somebody like lottie who is supposed to be this glamorous beautiful person with this perfect life and this this um ideal i or this idol that all these other women aspire to right even her friends even you know these people that work for her or whatever like but she's you know just as damaged if not more so than everyone else and getting to see what life is like for that person on the other side of the screen is uh i think a particularly valuable thing to explore in this day and age you know yeah. And and she says that as like herself when she's talking to uh to Charlene like the at the New Year's party she's like you know I I looked up to you cuz you you just had everything you were put together you were like this whole person that I was trying to become but every time I would get closer to that I would just get more and more depressed and just sadder and upset at myself and like that's exactly what it is cuz it's just you're not attaining anything you're not reaching like you as a person you're trying to be somebody else who in the first place is a facade yeah it's a mask yeah and the mask can look like anything like we saw that with meg you know like it can literally be anything norm girl like it's it's anything can be that mask so you have to be sort of reflective more so than be a follower 
Yeah. Or be worrying about your image, right? Like, that's, I think, like, the big thing is, like you said, even with Norm Girl, is, like, she's projecting this image now of this perfect, happy fiancé, and she's going to have the perfect wedding, and it's going to be to the perfect guy, and he's a fucking scumbag, you know? And, like, he's, like, trying to cheat on her, and it seems like he, like, might be a closeted homophobe, and, like, you know, like, her life is just as much a fucking you know, Hall of Smoke and Mirrors is Lottie's. And that's, like, true of all these people, is that, like, there's something wrong with them. You know, they're, like, even, um, like, when we learn about, like, Cute Girl's story, right? It's, like, she's 32, and she's lying about her age, and, you and know, her name. Like she's... And her name, right. Yeah. Like, it, it's a, this totally fabricated persona that she's created, and uh, and that's, like, what all these people are doing. You know, they're just lying to each other and, you know, feeding into their shared like you know like i don't want to call it a sickness necessarily but i like, would dysfunction sure yeah and uh yeah it's i think that's the most compelling part of the story for sure is like that those four characters uh make for a really interesting dynamic yeah i i totally agree like markle you brought up the issue of um uh the twin issue and I mm. loved that. Mm. I thought that was awesome. I loved uh, getting to know uh, Winnie more. I believe that was her name. Um, yeah, that's her real yeah, name. Yeah, I, I liked that a lot, and that she had a, that she had a twin, and that there were all these things going on. And I think um, I actually think that is, that issue was pretty important. Um, yeah, I, it is. Yeah, this is this is like that. Those parts of the book, man, I, I love that. So yeah, uh, let's 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 move on from Lottie then, and let's let's talk a little bit a little bit about Misty, aka Winnie, aka Cute Girl. Uh, so what was what was your read on this character? Yeah, oh, she ahead. she's someone who can <clears throat> take what she perceives as uh, uh, a flaw or um, a failure, I guess. And can mask it really well, like 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 I brought up the uh, the pink eye, eye thing, yeah. yeah, the and the eye patch, um, and I think that that really encapsulates her character the best. Yeah, I think uh, she has like a resiliency that I don't feel like the other girls have. You know, like she seems like she's just as you know insecure at the end of at the end of the day, but. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine how Lottie would deal with a pink eye, right? Like she would hide. I don't think she would own it in the way that um, that we see Misty do. You know? Yeah, yeah. And like that speaks to a strength in her. Yeah, most definitely. Um, and I again, I think that that represents a lot about this story too, where you know she's hiding as well. Uh, she's she's hiding a lot. Her her means of doing so though kind of like she turns a negative into a positive um if i think if lottie would have had a situation like that where she would have gotten pink eyes she would have lost her lost her shit um sure but winnie says okay well that sucks i'm gonna make this hot somehow you know yeah and uh i I was i wonder if you know because i i thought it was interesting right and I, I'm interested to hear what you guys think about this. Uh, we have the issue about her twin, 
right? And then we we find out later on that the, like the secret project that she's been working on is that like, she made this movie about herself and her twin, who she plays in the movie, right? Yeah. And then yeah. there was that had me thinking of when they are at the funeral for the dog, right? And they're going through the, the photo albums, and uh, Lottie points out that they used to dress the same, right? And she's like, well, like, why did you stop doing that? And she's like, I guess I just decided I didn't want to be cute anymore, and like, I changed, right? And I I wondered if the, the film wasn't supposed to be a signifier to us that that's why there's animosity between her and her sister, because she feels like she abandoned their... The things that they had in common or whatever like mm-hmm. she moved on and became a different person and she didn't yeah I, w- I would say so uh that that probably plays into it um i i guess i didn't i didn't i didn't read a ton into that um i felt like i felt like that moment was more for lottie if anything because that's when lottie goes oh wow that shows me that people really can change yeah, she's like, oh, people can change. This photo album proves it. Yeah. Which is a callback to, I think, the first episode, uh, the first issue, or maybe the second issue, where she takes the selfie of herself at the bar, and she's like, oh, I'm going to pick the perfect emoji, and like this will be my first selfie of the new me, and it, this proves that yeah. people can change. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's clear that that's going to be, I think, to me, the big resolution of this story is like seeing Lottie change. You know, like in some way, um, I'm just interested to see what that is. And uh, I'd like to use that actually. I guess that's a good transition to talk about uh, Esther a little bit, who um, not one of the main characters, a supporting character, but um, we got some new threads with her at the end of this arc that I thought were interesting. You know, where she she has made the proposition to Lottie that she has some sort of idea for a business. You know, she obviously um, sees something in Lottie, right? And I was interested to get your read on on the character of Esther. What did you think of her, and what do you think it is that she sees in Lottie as a character? Uh, I mean, she she worked for her, so she has an insight into managing her and managing just social media in general and like what it takes. So I think she is maybe unfortunately probably going to try to use her, like, and um, in in some degree, like. Not, not not with any malice, but just like to to use her to help herself because even though she is like this person, she is an amicable character, I still think there is a facade there that we're not seeing and that could be revealed. I disagree. Um I mean I, I you know, I wouldn't put that past like the business <clears throat> but what I think what I think will be the, the more compelling um way to tackle this that stays true to how we've seen esther so far is how lottie takes whatever happens um because i think i think the difference between lottie and esther is that lottie's a face and she's really really good at being a face but esther went to school and got a real job and learned the ins and outs of the the actual industry and now she is in a position where she can do something to make them both really successful but i think i think that the turn that you're talking about there marco will be whether or not lottie 
is okay with that you know right. um, i agree with that kelly yeah. yeah will she will she be okay you know sort of working under someone else's umbrella you know she lottie has several underwear lines or whatever with her her name all over it uh but will she feel the same when it's someone else's name yeah, and I, I think um, I think that's a really salient point. It's it's one that I agree with. I think uh, I don't think that Marco's totally off base. I think the idea. Of, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily either. No. Yeah, but but that being said, um, I do think that she's probably a, a more altruistic character. You know, I I definitely think. Um, and granted, right? You can argue that like even her showing kindness by coming to her aid in that time of need is because she has an angle because she wants to start this business with her or whatever sure but um i don't know i don't know that that doesn't mean that um that she doesn't actually have her best interest at heart and that she just like you said she she gets it right because like you said kale like lottie's the face she's the you know you want to call her the creative or whatever and it's like and it seems like esther's the kind of person that can actually get shit done you know, and she's not yeah. interested in yep. the drama or the like, the fame or any of that. She likes the business, and like that's what the face needs. You know, is they need the legs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of uh, blew past that angle. I, I just, I just automatically assumed that Esther had Lottie's best interest in mind. Um, yeah, and obviously, there's something to be gained for her as well. But I'm. I didn't read anything malicious into what she was doing just because uh, as far, I mean, if, unless I'm missing something, nothing, none of the prior scenes involving Esther showcased her being, you know, manipulative or, or even caught up in all the crap that everybody else is. So. No. Yeah. And, and literally every, she's, and you'll notice she's the only person that Lottie doesn't have negative shit to say about. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when she's introduced the first time, it's she's my intern and she's like granted, she does like have that thing of like style, my intern. Right? Yeah. Like she definitely sees her as like I think lesser a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. she's somebody who works for her. But like she does admire her, you know, she says she's amazing. Like the few issues where she's gone, she's like she thinks about her and every time she thinks about her, she says that she loves her or that she doesn't understand how she's getting on without her, or like she needs to find somebody to replace her, but nobody can replace her because she was so damn good. And it's like I don't know if we're supposed to maybe read into that to be like, maybe there is something wrong with her, but I don't know. I, th- I think it is just supposed to be indicative of the fact that she is actually like a pretty exceptional person, you know, and that even Lottie who has something shitty to say about anybody doesn't have anything, anything to say about Esther, you know? I would also, uh, I would also point out in issue two when we're, for, when we're introduced to Esther, um, all of the, the lettering around Esther from Lottie is, uh, letter without the the boxes you know so it's it's more mm, of the internal more more personal like actual feelings about it yeah um okay so uh then let's move on to uh what are the other main characters we've talked about a little bit here already which is oh i'm sorry what what kale did you have something well i well i was just gonna also just add to that um yeah those the lettering on that the you know the background the background also changes on the the lettering without the boxes Mm. so in like the first page when she is freaking out about you know murdering caroline or whatever it's green they have you know it's like a green shading kind of behind it yeah 
Uh-huh. But when when she's talking about Esther, it it's just like an off white. Yeah, and that off white. So it is works the... kind of the same as her, you know, the 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 actual thought boxes. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. captions or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that's that's a good call out. Uh, so yeah, so let's let's use that opportunity to transition over to uh, talking a little bit about uh, Megan, aka Norm Girl. So we already touched on her a little bit, but um. I think she's a really interesting character because I feel like she's the one that I feel like I get the least sense of. And I feel like that's kind of seems like it's changing over the last couple issues. You know, we got kind of uh, an opportunity for Lottie and her to interact one on one, which is something that had never happened up until that point. Um, but what what did you guys think about about her character? I think I feel the opposite. For really? me, she she sort of feels more. And I don't know, it's it's hard for me to say this because I, I don't quite know how to pinpoint it, but she feels more like a device to me. Mm, yeah. Uh, more, more like a way to uh, advance a plot. You know, I don't think we quite know what that plot is yet, but mm-hmm. it's something in there, be it, you know, uh, Ashley's, you know, potential... Uh, closeted gay feelings or you know uh, but there it feels like there is a plot there somewhere that they just haven't gotten to quite yet and I I just don't I don't feel like there's a a lot really to take because she is the one that like throws all the parties that the interactions happen at so like I, I I see that I can see that yeah, and that, that I guess that's kind of representative of what I'm saying, I think, Kale. Yeah, is that like I, f- I feel like she – I don't feel like there's much to her because I feel like so much of it, it – so much of her character is is like – exists as like a uh, – like a wall for Lottie and the other characters to bounce off of. Yeah, and I – yeah, for me, I don't care about her like at all. Yeah. Yeah. So Sean, um, uh, I I agree with literally everything Kale said. Um, yeah. I don't really think that I don't think that there was much to this character, not enough to really analyze. She's just kind of there. Yeah, it's just interesting, I guess, that she's such a centralized character because of her placement in the plot, but she really doesn't mm. have much going on. It seems like um, that's why I thought it was kind of refreshing to get a focus on her. Uh, during their trip or whatever and like to see because for us to really care about the fact that Ashley sucks or you know or or has these conflicted feelings or whatever you want to attribute it to is like do we even care if we don't care about her you know it's like that's so I don't know um I I I like the idea of focusing on her a little bit more moving forward I I I, well I was gonna I like I I care a lot more about Ashley through Sonny's perspective. Sure. Um so like in that in that same aspect of like if you took Meg out of the the brunch the haters brunch club or whatever and showed us all of that action through Sonny, I think I would feel I I think I would feel more for Meg because I don't get to see her. 
you know, because we see her and she puts up this facade, I'm just like, I, there's nothing here for me to care about. Sure. But because, but like in that other scenario, if, if she wasn't there and I didn't know her, I feel like I would care more. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I just don't like, we wouldn't even like Ashley wouldn't be relevant to the plot if he wasn't her husband. You know, he's only Sonny's like Sonny's only hanging out with him because he's friends with her. And this is her fiance. He's only relevant to us because he's Lottie's friend who wants to sleep with her, you know. And like it, it's uh, I feel like they have to develop that character more if I'm supposed to care about Ashley and and what yeah. his storyline is going to mean moving forward. I actually cared about Ashley independent of of Megan, like um, like Kale, because really? yeah, because. Uh, first of all, how often do you read a comic book about a male character questioning their sexuality, right? Like, that's pretty compelling. And then also, um, he's like, he's stirring the pot, but it's not necessarily malicious. What, you know, what's going to happen with that? Like, that's all very interesting in comparison to Meg, to Meg, who's just kind of there and not really doing anything. Um, so, yeah. Also, I keep forgetting to say this because we keep dancing around it, um, but one of the things that you made me think of earlier, Marco, when you pointed out the the comparison between this and, like, tropes that exist in uh, in manga and anime, the guy's issue was, like, very, very, like, oh, tropey, 100%. like, fan service of, like, yep. yeah, let's get these hunky mm-hmm. dudes in the steam room and have them wrestle. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, that's hilarious. The best stuff. <laughs> yeah. Very, very... Uh, slice of life fan service stuff and they're even like it's the boys issue Ooh, like <laughs> yeah yep it's, it's, it's good stuff uh so let's 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 talk about sunny a little bit um so sunny is lottie's ex-boyfriend uh he is another character who i feel like is present a lot but i'm kind of just like what are you doing man what are you about you know like he, he's, he's he, like there. a lot of things happen to him, but I do feel like he's kind of just there. Well, you know, when you talk about this character, this is where I start to have some problems because it's him and it's Meg and it's like these characters have nothing going on. And I guess that's realistic, right? Like not everybody is the most yeah. interesting person in the world. But when you're I feel like when you're telling a story, you're not supposed to create characters that char- that people don't care about. You're supposed to create characters that people yeah. care about, and th- I have no reason to care about this character. And it feels like there's some fluff to this book that could easily be trimmed. Like, why do we have to see him so much? Yeah, and, and I think not necessarily the fluff issue, but I think having lots of characters, some of which who are named and not relevant, is definitely a thing in in O'Malley's books. Like there are like minor characters in Scott Pilgrim that have a name that show up like one time. That and it's just like oh yeah, it's just this person. That's and different. Just like because if they show up one no. time, that's fine. Right, you're right, and I think that's the difference here. Is like there is that kind of more developed cast of characters, but I feel like they're all around, and it's like it's like a young Neil. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. But it's it, like in this in this sense like he's supposed to be this big relevant character because he's Lottie's ex, but mm-hmm. I think it's really he exists as more of a plot device as well. He exists so that Lottie has somebody to be heartbroken over and so that we have a reason for her to have a connection to Charlene who's actually a relevant character. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, and I think I think we're going to figure out this mystery through him. 
I think I think that's probably true too. Because and what, like, not that he'll be the one to figure it out, even, but that through our point of that, view of him, we'll start getting other pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our I totally our agree. narrator and our point of view is so skewed and messed up. I think the pieces that include him will will are supposed to be sort of what we think of as true or fact. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, because Lottie's obviously an unreliable narrator, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think having a, a, other characters that we can get a more grounded view on what's happening are important. But I think to Sean's point, it's like, do we need to spend so much time with the guy? I don't know. You know? Because um, I feel like they book the book really wants to have something to say about him, but I don't know that it does right now. And maybe we're building towards something. Who's to say? That's I I feel that way about Charlene. Um, I mm-hmm. don't understand why I should care about her. Because there's something like, and I I think you're right though. It's been on the back burner. It's been cooking for like a little too long, maybe. You know, or like, it's like there's something about that Charlene girl, and it's like, yeah. yeah. But what? Yeah, and it's like you know she does all this. You know, in the second volume, she does all this plotting or whatever to figure out that she's gay it's like okay is that surely that's not all you're putting together right like (laughs) that was one of the most frustrating parts by far of this book it was kind of her or that reveal uh that reveal uh not 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 that like her being gay is frustrating that's perfectly fine it was just that that's what she was working on i thought okay she's you know on the case she's you know figuring something out and then she comes with this revelation and it's like yeah that revelation makes total sense did we need to spend any time at all with all this other crap to get there Mm -hmm. you know no yeah no it's like look i'm like i'm reading this book like i'm gay like (laughs) it's that's not a huge thing like (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) Uh, that hanging there a little longer than I wanted to, but that's all right. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna just gonna slide into the next character off that one. Uh, so let's 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 talk about about Carolyn, because um, Carolyn is a very interesting character. AK, she's a uh, yeah. cool girl. How how would you like to talk about Carolyn? Because. <laughs> So I feel like she's like the interesting version of Charlene where it's like yeah. the same kind of thing of like there's something about her that's a, that much is apparent but since then it's been like the fuck is her deal like what is her deal and I like how I really like how uh I it might have been issue 10 is 9 or 10 but where they're on mushrooms in the desert and, like, Lottie literally just calls her out and he's like, what is your fucking deal, girl? Like, I'm trying to be your friend and I don't understand you. And it's, it's, this is fucking ridiculous. And then they kiss. So it's like, so, okay, cool. So I still have no idea what the fuck is going on with her. And, like, it's, 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 it's I, for whatever reason, with her character, it doesn't bother me. Like, because of how they've set her up. Because, like, from the beginning, she's been mysterious. So, for whatever reason, her being mysterious doesn't bother me. It's enticing. Like, it's, it is. 
it's a mystery I want solved, but it's not one that um, I'm ready to criticize as much as some of the other stuff we've just been poking holes in, you know? Uh... Yeah, by your face, Sean. I think I think you'll probably agree with what I'm about to say. <laughs> by by issue ten, I was kind of tired of it. Yep, exactly. Like at at issue at the end of issue five, I was like, okay, like I this is interesting. Like I I'm okay with this. But the more time we spent with her in issue or, or volume two, I was just like, I and especially with Virgil, which only adds so much. Like I'm a lot more interested in Virgil than I am Caroline. Like she just gets annoying to me by issue ten, and even even the you know the the kiss thing is just like okay yeah cool are they gonna start dating now or should I care about that like yeah I don't know because like there's been sexual tension between them since they met yeah you know so it's like bah. <laughs> yeah but it's it's like it's like a lot of other things with the the characters in this book it's just like okay well can you shit or get off the pot already because <laughs> so i i don't want to i don't want to um profess to to tell anybody how they should do their job but to me this is one of those things where it's like in comics you can't really stretch stuff because people will drop off your book because they're paying money right so this moment of them kissing, I feel like that should have happened a long time ago. Uh, yeah. it, by by the time it happened, I didn't give like one fuck. It, it was yeah. <laughs> and, well, and then it's and then it's completely undercut by the fact that oh yeah, no, we're all a mushroom. Right, that too. I thought, oh man. First of all, I thought issue ten was the last issue. I thought that was gonna end it. So I was like, oh man, okay, they're drugged. She's gonna die. Like, what's what's gonna ha- how's this gonna resolve? And then, oh, we're just on mushrooms. I was like, okay, like, yeah. what? What am I reading? <laughs> Who cares? Life, bro. It's slice of life. No, no one, no one spikes yeah. you yeah, like that in real life. <laughs> that is insanely criminal and scary. Rich yeah, and if they do. do, they are not your friend. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 also, I agree with Kale. Like. It, by it, when when it was early on in the series, I was all in on on her. I loved that character. I was like, okay, is she yeah. a mirror? Is she not even a real person? Is this like uh, something that um, that Lottie has crafted because she was on those drugs? Which there is some level of like, uh, 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 gosh, what's the word? Hallucinogenic. Thank you. Yeah. There is some level of hallucination that happens. I'm like, okay, this is perfect. This is so great. And then nothing. And then she's just real, and then they just kiss, and then it's like, okay, wow. I don't know. It just, like I said, the longer this went, the more the, the stuff that was really interesting at the start got to be mundane. And I get that it's slice of life, but at no point should you ever feel when you're engaging with media like this that what you're reading is just mundane and boring. It's supposed to be compelling. I, I, I wonder if this would be better in Brian Lee O'Malley's usual format, mm. you know, like uh, coming out graphic novel by graphic novel. I mean, I think it's tough. Cause I think like you said, I think the suspense stuff benefits from the single issue format. Um, yeah. But, but I, think I feel the, like if... the personal stuff is probably better the other way around. Mm. And, and I would also say that like, 
this also is compared to his other works a joint effort so i, I would say without even leslie I don't, this story doesn't get made to be honest well and and, and i'm not I'm, I'm not suggesting taking her out of the picture just right that, you know not doing it as a monthly yeah i feel okay, like okay. If, if it came out volume by volume those these big cliffhangers you know like like at the the end of volume one where charlene almost dies like that's a dope cliffhanger to leave a volume i think to be fair though i don't think it would work any better unless it was written significantly differently because like looking at like sean read it that way you know yeah he, he did read it in as two volumes not as individual issues and um i don't know i mean but so so did i sure and, but and, didn't, and what oh that's fair that's fair yeah yeah, yeah. no you're right you and, did do and that. like i i am saying that like it it benefits from those issue by issue cliffhangers but it also it also feels like it it sort of relies on them too because at the beginning of every issue it that's fair you know you also you also start the issue by going i'm lottie and i'm snotty and everybody hates me and oh there might be a murder and that's like every issue but like if it were volume by volume instead of issue by issue it could be different there could be more substantial text to each chapter you know so then also at some point in my reading i realized that those those cliffhangers meant nothing because the next issue they wouldn't even start where they left off like it would start somewhere else like i remember there was one issue where where she was texting her ex and then the next issue like that's just whatever that didn't even have like like that's ignored, and I just felt like there was so much that didn't really get picked back up on immediately, which is what you expect. And of course, you know you can always subvert expectations, but don't tell me like this is this is it, you know, like this is crazy, <laughs> and then not even address it immediately, let alone make it feel like it matters in the very next issue. I get that. Yeah, it's just like it's a stylistic thing. Like I don't mind a slow burn. And, like, I totally understand why it is a problem for, for you guys, you know? Like, it's just different strokes. Yeah. You know? Because uh, that's, like, a thing that, like, Kirkman does that I really like. You know? Of like, where he'll tell a story and drop it for, like, multiple years of publication history and then pick it back up. And it's like, oh, it's relevant again. It's just, like, and that's frustrating. Like, and I get that. Um, I, I have faith that some of these things will have echoes later, though. And that'll make them satisfying, you know? Um, just based on on O'Malley's other work, but uh, I don't I don't begrudge you for having an issue with with that as either you know. Yeah. Uh, so I we're 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 pretty much wrapping up here. I did just want to take uh take a stock in a couple other minor minor characters and um things that I think might have relevance moving forward. Uh, so. Another minor character who we really haven't seen much from is uh, Detective John Cho. And, yeah. uh, And and I think, Sean, I think your original impression of him is ultimately where I think that character is going to go. I think there's a good chance that we are going to, like, he's going to uncover the thread that connects the other things I wanted to talk about, which are Dead Girl and Ghost Girl with Lottie and Charlene and fucking Virgil and whatever this entire broader murder subplot is, I think he's going to ultimately be the one to uncover it and figure out what's actually going on here. 
You're probably right. I actually thought it was kind of funny at first that he was he he ended up being very much into her. Um, yeah, he's like a fanboy. <laughs> but but I I don't know. I didn't like the way that was played. He was so blinded and obsessed that it was that it just got weird. It got weird and like then I didn't care about that. Then I was like I don't want I don't want him to see this character. If he was like I think he hmm? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If he was you know, a big fan of hers and that played into his detective work and he went harder to try to uh, solve this because he was such a fan, that would have been cool. But when he's like trying to get get at her personally, it just, it comes across as like goofy and creepy. Less goofy, more creepy. And uh, I don't know, I didn't, I didn't want that. Yeah, I think the character definitely got introduced too early as well. Like, I think, I don't think we needed to meet him in the first arc, considering he doesn't really do anything until the second arc, and he still really hasn't done much. It was like the first or second issue. Yeah, like, he's introduced very early on, and it really has not, nothing's really come of him as a character. And I think he could have just as easily been introduced in the second arc, in, like, the boys issue or whatever, or, like, somewhere around that time period, where he actually seems like he's being integrated into the plot again. You know, but I don't know, because like now it's like there's stakes for him, like these this dalliance, this obsession with this world is getting him in trouble at work, and he really needs to like prove that he wasn't wasting his time. So I think that's going to be the thing that probably gets him invigorated to like really solve this case. But it's like, did we need eight issues of him just like being a background character, kind of faffing around for that to be what comes of him? I don't, I don't know. If, you know, I don't think so. Definitely not in my eyes. Uh, whatever he ends up doing won't be worth the wasted, you know, pages and, and dialogue boxes. Yeah, yeah, and I, I would agree with that. You know, and like not to say that I don't think that I, that the character can be used well or be likable again, but you're right that like it, it won't make up for how much time we spent with him for no reason. And again, he's um, creepy, and I don't know if that's the point, but that's how I got it. Did you guys feel that yeah. way? Like so I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I don't. I don't think that that is supposed to be how we read him, but I do think that's how he comes off in their interaction. You know, like I remember feeling like there was a clear um, divide between how the book treats like John versus like the Doctor, right? Like the Doctor is a fucking creep. I don't think John is presented as a fucking creep, even though what he does is very creepy. Right, the doc. Well, the doctor is a criminal. You know, like he's that. What he's doing is awful. Um, John obviously is just an obsessed fan. But for me personally, the only distinction I draw is again in in, in the criminality of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think like I think we're supposed to believe that he is a more serious and grounded character just based on like you know that happens to dress well based on like his backstory about his dad and everything you know uh but yeah it just doesn't play that way um like especially especially when he goes to lottie's apartment i really expected that to be to be more of a like a uh an investigative moment but it it just played out as him, yeah, being being a fanboy. 
and like a creepy um, fanboy because it's like it's not even just that he's a fan like he's also sexually interested in her and he's like i see the real you and like she seems yeah. amazing and it's just like all right dude like yeah. he's up and i i i i don't understand how that will how that will play yeah i think it remains to be seen um so yeah let's let's wrap it up here uh so like i i mentioned there's um this new thread right between uh this girl who's like this obsessed fan similar to charlene right who turns up dead and um that's obviously going to be a major plot point in the next uh the next arc and um but it also tied to an event that well (laughs) fucking will it like (laughs) (laughs) let's see uh i i think so i think so because for for a few reasons um but we also had the introduction of this ghost girl character right who through um the the scene with uh cute girl in in her room with lottie we learn is actually the previous murder victim right who who john has been talking about her case this random fashion blogger got murdered in this hotel the hotel gets torn down and replaced that happens to be the hotel that the girls are at um so what did you guys think about this did you did you take this as like a genuine supernatural experience is this hallucinations from the drug because like why would lottie know who this person is how would she place the face to the the ghost as it were again by this point i i was basically lost like in terms of like the book had lost me so once they introduced that i was like okay whatever because if you're not gonna again i i also thought the book was ending i thought it was over i didn't know that there was more so i thought okay you're gonna introduce this in the final hour uh, how could this possibly pay off in a way that's going to be be super meaningful unless Caroline killed this person and then they're going to learn that she's been murdering and her Virgil's helping her? Like, I, I don't know. But I, like I said, I was already, like, lost. So I didn't care, especially when it it was like, okay, well, okay, so this is this is that fashion blogger. Okay, great. How does Lottie see her then? What the hell is going on with that? Is this the pills? I don't care anymore. You know, like, how come she never saw any ghosts before? You know, why is it only now? Because there's, because there's, because she's in a place where death occurred, I guess. There, well, and it's also she had never been off the medication right. long enough to have the side effects. Right. So that is like the kind of thing of like, what is really happening here? I also was really confused about who she was. Like... They point out that she's yeah. Yeah. They point out that she's Yolanda Sinclair. But is she is she introduced she's introduced just before the other fashion blogger was murdered, right? Yes. The one with only five hundred followers or whatever? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Dead so, girl. Like like I was confused that uh, between like was was the ghost Yolanda, or was she the dead girl? No, and, no, yeah, because like, she was introduced before the dead girl dies. Like, because yeah, it just didn't... She it, she sees the ghost for the first time while her friends are in the hot tub. Yeah. And the girl right. falls and dies after that, because they see her while they're in the hot tub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was the thing is I I I do think that Sean's right. I think that Charlene is some or not Charlene, um Carolyn 
is is somehow connected to this so like maybe she's the murderer because like we did see her push charlene off a fucking building like we had that comment about how like they don't trust her to be alone we don't ever find out who that they is um then there is also the drama of dead girl confronting her in the hot tub and and all that stuff and you know i i think that and then with virgil being the kind of you know question big question mark i feel like that that's where i'm starting to think things are going correct me if i'm i'm wrong and i feel like i'm probably about to be wrong or mistaken but how come nobody says anything about the fact that caroline pushed charlene like no one brings it up lottie brings it up yeah the only person that was there was Lottie, but charlene was there well, but, and she's try. I think she's still trying to put it together. Yeah, because yeah. she doesn't. She has memory loss from the fall, right? And Lottie's cool with like. That's what bugged me out. Like Lottie, how are you gonna chill with somebody who just tried to commit murder? Well, and I think I think that's where the medication comes into play. She's not. It seems like she's not sure that Caroline did it. I think she also might think she did it. Hmm. I, I think so too, especially because of the way it's played. Because if you'll recall, the next issue is where they have that dog funeral thing, and she's like, "It's not my fault, I swear." See, it was the dog, you know. And like, I wasn't talking about what's her name. Um, what is her name? Charlene. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't know. And and yeah, Sean, I think like that is a weird wrinkle, right? Of like, how are you gonna just hang out with this person? But it's like. I don't know. Like she hangs out with people that she hates all the time. But this isn't. And she also. This isn't yeah. hatred on that level. This is like, yeah. you know, you're a murderer, or you're, yeah. you know, you would be <laughs> if Charlene had died. But it's also. I also feel like it's part of it is for whatever reason Caroline just shows up. Yeah, know? and she yeah. there's like there's like no control that Lottie has over that over the situations where she just shows up. Except to she say, she was also gonna ghost her out until uh, Virgil showed up. But you could also just be like, "Hey guys, we shouldn't hang with her. She uh, tried to kill Charlene." Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think the thing that made me kind of shake my head at that a little bit, Sean, or like scratch my head, was then later when she's like, "Guys, if you really think she was involved with this murder, you're ridiculous." It's like, are they though? Like, <laughs> you watched her push a girl off a roof, <laughs> right? And that's another one of those things where. It feels like it feels like any like that is that is being dangled in order to keep the series going. Whereas in any other scenario, this Lottie would have said, stay away from everyone in my life. Like, don't come near us because she does care about her friends. Like, it's not like we say she hates them. But I, I think it's one of those like we're friends, but I secretly hate all this about you because I really hate myself, but I do want you around as opposed to yeah. I don't want anything to do with you. So if you know this person is willing to kill people, why would you keep them around your friends if you don't want them to die? I don't, I don't, that just doesn't add up. For me. Maybe it is the pills. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like, she is in a weird state of mind and she is like weirdly infatuated with her. And I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's complicated. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see where it shakes out. 
so yeah, I guess let's let's wrap things up with Virgil. The weird little puppet master, I guess, of this whole thing, maybe. Yeah, I, my response to that is the same as it was with Caroline. Like, what the fuck do you want me to say? Like, <laughs> it seems like he's going around killing people, but maybe he isn't. Because it's like, do you, do you guys remember, like, that, that vision, like, dream thing that Lottie has where she, like, sees him kill, yeah. uh, what's her name? So Yo. it's like red herring is is that really i don't know right who knows can't call it man flip a coin can't call it at this point <laughs> yeah and you know like i said earlier i think i think through sunny and and john cho i think i think we'll start to put those pieces together and it seems like that's where it's leading but mm-hmm. i mean it you know and at this point like it's too early and who's to say yeah exactly and then as far as the character goes i have no opinion on his character he's he's everywhere he's nowhere he doesn't really have necessarily a personality is he supernatural what's go- i don't know and the book doesn't really give me anything super concrete and i cannot say that i care about him because there's nothing to grasp onto at least with caroline you know we've seen her interact a lot with the other characters so we get a, an idea of who she projects herself to be with virgil i don't feel like i really know anything and nothing compelled me to want to know yeah for me it's all about the mystery it's all about what is his role in this what is his relationship to caroline and um and and just what is what's his angle you know what is his what 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 is his involvement in this whole thing and like why yeah but even still like it's too early to have that conversation Oh, it is. It is. Yeah. I just, I'm saying, I agree with Sean's assessment of like, I don't think there's much to him. I'm compelled to know because I want to know, not because I'm necessarily interested in him. I'm interested in yeah. the characters he's connected to, you know? Um, Fair enough. Like, like, what did he have to gain by fucking following like Sonny around? You know, it's like, obviously there's, there's just bigger stakes that he's, you know, he's, he's got an angle. I want to know what it is, you know? Yeah. Yeah, uh, P. I just think we like getting thrown around for a loop, honestly. Yeah. You guys say that, or Marco, you say that. I watched Lost. I've I've watched Lost several times and love it. Uh, this ain't Lost, you know. Like, <laughs> it's better. Oof, that's <laughs> insane. As fashion bloggers, Sean, did the Lost fashion bloggers? Don't think so. Well, Do they have no. this kind of fashion on that fucking island? I don't think so. Hey, <laughs> Not interested. <laughs> <laughs> See, Sean, Sex in the City fashion. Like, it makes sense. Honestly, there's synergy there. Synergy where? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marco. Good, good job, buddy. Good job. <laughs> All right, so uh, I think I think that's probably a good place to wrap up the conversation. Uh, final final thoughts on Snot Girl, um, Marco. Why don't you start? I love it. You should read it, and I will continue to read it. Me too. Sean. Oh, uh, actually, what, one thing. The I think the the best pieces of, of art specifically are the back page sketches from Leslie. Like oh. she, like those are phenomenal, and you should go check out her She's Instagram. So Dairy free, super good. Yeah, she's well worth the follow. She posts excellent snot girl stuff. Uh, so for me, it's a tale of two stories. One story I'm really interested in, which is the story about 
these girls who are living a lifestyle that causes them to feel very, very negative all the time because of all the pressure that they put on put on themselves uh, and what that's like. I'm very compelled by that. I was compelled by the mystery, but I've ceased to be because it, it in 10 issues, it went nowhere. And I know no more about what's really going on than I did in the first issue. That's super frustrating. Um, and I feel like I got taken for a ride and I enjoyed some parts, but not the whole. And I think that when your whole premise is... Is 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 seem it seems to be based around this this big mystery. Um, I need more by now than this, and so because I didn't get that, and because there's nothing happening that's really driving me to continue, I don't see a reason to to to, to keep reading this book. I'm not interested enough in the mystery. I could read the mystery online. I could I could read what happens in a Wikipedia article when the book's over. The 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 mystery portions are not. In and of themselves, like what happens is not actually interesting enough for me to continue to uh, buy this book. Okay, yeah, I get that. So that just means that you'll have to, you'll just have to wait until we do the second book club episode, and that's when I'll get you to read the next two volumes, right? Mm. All right, mission accomplished. uh... Or mission, sorry, not mission accomplished, challenge accepted. (laughs) Kale, what about you? I I'm still interested enough to to pick up the trades from the library. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that I'm convinced enough to um want the book to to dive deeper necessarily, but I am interested enough to see where it goes. Cool. Uh, for me, um, I'd say I echo Marco's sentiments. Uh, this book was one of my favorite books when it came out and uh it's definitely maintained that status uh on my pull list it's one of the books that i definitely get the most excited to pick up and read and um you know i i see its flaws you know i i think that the the criticisms lobbed at it here were fair and uh i think a lot of like you look at most people who talk about the book and their their number one criticism is i don't know what's happening and um, you know, if that works for you, it works for you. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And I don't begrudge you for that. Uh, so, you know, hopefully this conversation inspires you to, uh, give it a shot. Cause I think, um, you know, even Sean, who was the coolest on it of all of us found things to enjoy in it in its writing and its characters and its art. So I think, uh, the book's definitely worth rolling the dice and seeing if it speaks to you in the way that it has for me and Marco. So, uh, I would, I would add really quick. Uh, even though I don't want to continue, uh, I would still say that anyone should give it a chance just because you might feel differently than I did. You might be compelled by the mystery. Uh, so it's, you know, there's no reason, if you, especially with how Image does the Image first, you can get a lot of first issues for a dollar. There's no reason to not just pick it up and give it a shot. And the first volume of this book is $10. Right, so... Um, and the first volume was the best part to me. So, yeah, i pick up the first volume. And also, yeah. do we know when it's coming back? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think we do. It looks like the second volume just came out collected yeah, in, in May. or it's Yeah, volume, volume two literally came out like a week ago. Yeah. 
No, so yeah, to answer your question, Sean, no, we don't know when the book is going to be coming back. Uh, but you can bet that Marco and I will let you know when it comes back on the Comics Pals proper, which if you are just tuning in for this book club and you've never heard the show, uh, the four of us plus our pal Phil do a regular uh, podcast called The Comics Pals where we talk about news and culture and all the stuff relating to comics every week. So please, if you enjoyed this book club, make sure you go check that out. It posts every Monday on podcast services every Friday on YouTube and cut up Monday through Thursday on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash thecomicspals. Uh, please go engage with those things. If you like this uh, episode of the show, remember you can like it uh, on your platform of choice. You can jump over to Apple Podcasts and give us that sweet five-star rating. If you're a YouTube uh, listener, you can like the video, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel, click the bell so you actually get notifications, and let us know what you thought about Snot Girl. Thank you, Marco. Let us know what you thought about Snot Girl down in the comments below. Hit us up at the Comics Pals wherever social media is sold, or write into us at thecomicspals at gmail.com. And we will see you next month for another episode of the Comics Pals Book Club. Thank you for joining us. Take care, guys. Wow. That was one breath, huh? <laughs> I'm a fucking staunch professional, my friend. <laughs>